What an honor to be able to speak and deliver the word of the Lord. Praise God. In this hour where the world is, is searching, but for many, they're searching in the wrong places. That's where the, the Bible tells us to let your light so shine. In this hour, men need to see something. Amen. They need, they need to see an uncompromising faith from God's children. Amen. Well, this morning, I want to talk to you about what I've entitled for the sake of CDs and radio and all of that good stuff is the new normal. The new normal. Praise God. You know, the, the, the people of the world, the, the governments of the world, the elite, those that are pulling the strings behind the scenes, those that uh, have bought out CNN, amen, those who have a particular narrative, those in Hollywood, see, Hollywood too, they, they, they're projecting certain things psychologically. You got to understand, this warfare goes way deep. Uh, they want to control how you think, how you perceive life, how you operate. I heard one of the false prophet scientists, doctors say that it, we won't be able to even high five at a ball game. The devil is a liar. But see, when he puts that out, there are people that don't know God, that don't have any stature that will receive that. And, and they'll, they'll, they'll look at you funny, amen, simply because of what has been projected in their mind. Imaginations. You know, people talk about it's all in the air. And, you know, don't breathe. The devil is still a liar. Amen. But the, the, the objective behind it is fear. When you get a hold of that and you put your foot down and say, all right, no more fear here. Suddenly a light turns on and God says, I've been waiting on you because I've been here all along. But you've allowed fear to have inroads into your life and cause you to live a certain lifestyle. Hello. That is contrary to my word. The word is still true. Amen. The word is still right. The word is still all powerful. I'll choose the word over CNN anytime and any other news network because the, the, the devil is the prince of the power of the air. Now, I'm not saying that we act stupid or put our head in the sand and deny facts. Facts are true, but there's something greater than fact, and I call it truth. Truth will always supersede fact. And it's time that the church woke up to that reality and stop playing games with God's truth. I read where God's going to separate his cattle in this season. He's going to separate the sheep from the goats. He's going to separate the pretenders from the real ones. He's going to separate those that love him from those that just jiving. He's going to separate the hypocrite. He's going to judge those that come to his house. See what you're made of. See what you really believe in. You see, when, when, when it gets real dark in the world, it's going to be too late if you ain't got enough oil. See, now's the time to get the oil. Now's the time to put your foot down. Say, Lord, shape me and fashion me and make me and mold me. Don't let me give up. Don't let me have the mind of the world. Don't let me be conformed to the world. Change me. If you believe he's real, if you believe he died and rose again, 
Amen. Your hope is not in this world anyway. Your faith is not in doctor's reports, scientist reports, so-called experts. Expert at what? Expert at lying. Expert at delusion. Expert at deceiving. Somebody's going to wake up one day. I said, somebody's going to wake up and smell the coffee and realize, wait a minute. The devil had me bound, but Jesus set me free. You better stand fast in your liberty wherewith Christ has made you free and not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Come on, there's a new normal. And the media, technology, the elite, they're trying to establish a narrative. Trying to determine how you're going to live the rest of your life. And the bottom line, they want you to live the rest of your life in fear. You know it's coming back. You know this. So what? My Bible tells me I dwell in a secret place of the Most High and I abide under a shadow. My God is on the throne. Amen. He's bigger than some virus. Amen. We are deliverers. Folk don't need to hear you talking all foolish and scared and scary. They need to hear you say there's a God that's alive. That can deliver you. That can set you free. That can keep you. That can guard you. That can guide you. That'll govern your life. That is not the portion for God's people. Let me remind you of something. You remember... The type that we have in the Old Testament is the Passover. Amen. Amen. I believe this. This is me. But mark it down and see if it comes to pass. I believe, like in the Old Testament, when the death angel came through Egypt, Israel was not only spared, but God had a number that the death angel had to accomplish. See, the death angel back then was only after the firstborn. Amen. After the firstborn of everything was gone, it was over. Amen. See, this thing is going to come to an end. The, it, God has a number on this thing that he's going to allow it to do. Then it's going to come to an end. But right after that, the deliverance comes. Amen. Come on, I said the deliverance comes. Amen. It's going to be a party. Come on, I said it's going to be a Holy Ghost party. It's going to be a deliverance party. It's going to be a breaking out party. It's going to be a transference of wealth. We're going out with a high hand. We're going out celebrating. We're going out giving God praise. We're going out giving God glory. This thing will stop at some point in time because God is in control. The devil means it for evil, but God is still in control. Death's going to have to stop. But see, the proud, the wicked, evil men, seducers, it is determined, decreed by God, certain things must come to pass. But that's not our portion. You can be in the world, but not of the world. God trying to set somebody free. He's shaking up the church to set some church folk free. Free from yourself, 
free from your covetous practices, free from your sins that are hidden, free from the lies that you live, free from the pretense, free from all that stuff. You better wake up and let God shake it out of you. He's trying to get you ready. I say he's trying to get you ready. It was five virgins didn't have enough oil. When they should have been letting the oil fill up, they were busy with other stuff. Now is the time to focus on him. Amen. If the body of Christ is the most powerful entity on the earth, why aren't we, even right now, more distinguished from the world than we are? Power, Lord. Holy Ghost power. Let me ask you again. Don't nobody get mad at me. If the body of Christ is the most powerful entity on planet earth, why aren't we more distinguished from the world than we are? It's a good question, ain't it? If Jesus promised us abundance, and I said this Wednesday night, what we're seeing is propagated by evil men and Satan. For the thief cometh but for to steal, kill, and destroy. But simultaneously, God comes that we might have life and have it more abundantly. Now, because the thief came to steal, kill, and destroy, doesn't mean that God just stopped and pulled out the race. He said, well, let me lead us alone. I can't. No, no, no. God is still saying, I come that you might have life have it more abundantly it don't matter what's going on around you God is still the life giver that's why Psalm 91 says a thousand can fall at your right hand ten thousand at your left but it won't come nigh you see you're going to see some stuff you're going to hear some stuff amen it might happen next door but amen it's, God said it won't come nigh you don't you get afraid don't you start dreading. Don't you start worrying. Don't you let your imagination go wild. Keep your eyes on the Lord. Keep your eyes in the word of God. Keep your heart, your mind stayed on him. If God's will is for us to be free, why are so many still bound by fear, insecurity, even addictions and even sin. I believe that's why God has allowed a global shaking. To shake some stuff out. Are we reaching our desires or are we getting what we don't want? That's a good question. Are you getting your desires or are you yet believing for something you don't want? You better nip that thing in the bud. Curse it at the root. Stop thinking in your mind of Job said it. He said, that which I greatly feared, 
That's, that's why you can't allow fear to harbor in your heart, to lodge in your heart. Amen. Pushing fear out doesn't make you lose your mind. It makes you, it makes you gain the mind of Christ. It, it, don't, it don't mean a lack of wisdom. It means you got God's wisdom now. Amen. But, but the, the word says, be not conformed to this world in your mind, but be renewed or be, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now, God brings... He always brings a fresh move in a desert place. Amen. You hear me? God, wait, God, God allows us to get into a desert place, and then he brings a fresh move. Give me Isaiah chapter 43, verse 18 and 19. Isaiah 43, verse 18 and 19. Remember ye not the former things... Neither consider the things of old. There's a new normal. And, and I'm, I'm going to put a positive spin on this. Because see, a lot of people thinking, oh boy. You're like a prison camp. And then, no, no, no. God, God has a, see, our normal hasn't been God's normal. Our, our normal has been too conformed to the world's normal. But see, there's coming a new normal. God getting to raise this church up. Amen. Out of the ashes. He's going to bring beauty for ashes. Raise you up to the real normal. The supernatural. Amen. The extraordinary. That's God's plan. And I guarantee you, watch over the next seven months how God raises up his church. How the true sons. Amen. The manifest sons. The, the sons whom the earth is groaning for are going to rise. Forerunners are going to break out. Folk not going to be ashamed or afraid anymore. They're going to become radical because radical times call for radical measures. It's not time to hide. It's not time to back off. It's time to push back the darkness. You hold the key. I said, you hold the keys. Doctors don't hold the keys. Bless every doctor, Lord. That means well. Politicians don't hold the keys. Father, bless our politicians. Everyone that means well. Government don't hold the keys. Thank God for the stimulus check. But they don't hold the keys. The church holds the keys. I said the church is the weapon of God. The church is the one that pushes the darkness back. Amen. It's not time to hide. It's time to be seen now. Amen. If you believe the word of God, it's time for your voice to be heard. The word in your mouth is just as powerful as the word in God's mouth. It ain't time to shut up and be quiet. It's time to speak out. It's time to cry out. It's time to declare. It's time to decree. It's time to speak life. I said it's time to speak life. Not CNN. I said life. Stop fear mongering. You know, it's all in the air, it's everywhere. You know, you can't. Hey, let me, let me just pray for you. You know, you don't need to say no more. Let me pray for you. <laughs> you might get a little ray of hope there. 
Isaiah 43, 18, again, verse 19. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Where does God make a way? In the wilderness. Where does he make rivers? In the desert. Where does God make a way? He makes the way in the wilderness. Where does he allow the river to begin to flow? The river starts flowing in the desert place. He wants you to know that he's God. Amen. It didn't happen by natural means. It happened because God made a river in the desert place. Amen. Give me 2 Corinthians chapter 3. God always brings a fresh move of his spirit in the wilderness. 2 Corinthians 3.18. But we all with open face beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory even as by the spirit of the Lord. We're changed. Somebody say changed. Say it again. Changed. See, to know him in this hour, you got to change. God's not looking for what you can do. He's looking for you. He wants you to surrender to him and say, Lord. Whatever you want to do, Lord, have your way. Mold me and shape me. Fashion me and make me. Whatever you want to do. Like Isaiah said, Lord, here am I, send me. Come on, got any soldiers in here this morning? I said, we got any soldiers in here that, that come to that place where it said, you know, for God I live and for God I die. Lord, count me in that number. I don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. I don't know the next step, but I trust you. I believe you. My faith and my hope is anchored in you. Not in this world system. Not in what man can do. Man is very limited. You got too many deceivers. The Lord said, let no man deceive you. Deception will take you into fear. God won't deceive you. To know him in this hour, we must change. Now, let me say this, because changes that bring us closer to God aren't always easy, aren't always pleasurable, don't always seem good. But remember, the Lord said, I make rivers in the desert or in the wilderness. I do these things in the wilderness. My, my spirit will move in your wilderness. So all changes aren't always easy. God is on a mission, I believe, to break up traditional mindsets, religiosity, all this stupid stuff that we used to call church. God said, that ain't church. That's just routine. Anybody can do routine. But he said, now I want you to be the church. I'm going to deal with you. I'm going to carve you out and make you the church. Amen. You're the church in a congregation. 
You're the church at home. You're the church on your job. You're the church in the store. You're the church in your community. You're the church wherever you go. You're not just church when you're in the church building. You are the temple. Come on, I said, God, see, you got to allow God to change your mind. Amen. The change that God wants from you is going to affect your comfort level. I ain't cussing at you. See, see, we are creatures of comfort. We are, we are creatures of habit. I got a question for you. Are you right now holding on to what God did while resisting what God is doing. That's why we have to behold as in, a, as in a glass, as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord. So that we allow him to change us. We don't want to hold on to what was and how things were. And what a lot of people call the good old days. No, we want to embrace what God is doing now. And where God is going now. There's a new normal. I said there's a new normal. God is a good, good father. He doesn't give us a stone if we ask bread. He knows how to work it into us. He's not going to shock us. Amen. He wants to awaken us. And if you yield to him, you'll find, amen, that he is quietly leading us in the green pastures, beside the still waters, speaking peace to our soul and not trouble, not anxiety. Now, in order to make transition from one level to the next level of glory, you have to be willing to leave your comfort zone and pursue the way of the spirit the day of us playing church and God playing church over it's a new norm no more church as usual that's going to be for real for real Amen? Now, the path that causes the transition from one level to the next level is through the wilderness where God sends forth life. In other words, now you're going to need to trust God. You ain't got no five. Your five-year plan may not be the plan. Amen. See, a lot of times, and, and I, I'm not against planning and all of that, but a lot of times when you plan like that and you got everything under control, you just control God right out of the picture. Amen. And you got, you got everything. I don't need you, God, right now. But see, now in this day and time, God is saying, I want, you, I want to lead your steps. I want you to acknowledge me in all your ways that I might direct your step. I don't want you to lean upon your own understanding. I want you to acknowledge me all the time. See, God, God is a jealous God. He wants to draw near to you. See, it's the nearness to God that protects you. 
Hear me? It's the nearness to God. Goshen means to draw near. Goshen, while they were in Egypt, they were in Goshen, but they had drawn near. And so because they were near to God, the blood was on them and death had to pass over. Goshen was in Egypt, but no death in Goshen. Because of the blood, because of the nearness. Now is the time. Not, not when you get in some trouble. Not when darkness becomes even darker out there. Now is the time for you to draw near to God. It has always been a time for us to draw near to God. But because of the ways of the world, because of the world infiltrating the church, because of demonic deception, people have been so much like the world, there's hardly any distinguishing. But now's the time that God says, I'm severing my people from the world. I'm talking about my people that are called by my name, that will humble themselves and pray and seek my faith. I'm severing them. I'm making a difference between them and the world. It ain't all in your dress. It's in your heart. It's in your mindset. It's in your attitude. It's in the words you speak. It's in the thoughts you think. It's in how you perceive things. God says, I'm severing my people. Get Joshua chapter 5 and verse number 12. I'm here this morning to declare to you a new normal. Amen. We're not, we're not becoming less and less. The light is going to shine more and more. Amen. We're not going down. We're going up. We're not being lost. We're rising up. The light's going to shine more and more in the body of Christ. Watch what I tell you. Watch what I tell you. And the nations are going to come to the light. And many will bring their wealth into the light, into the house of God. There will be a great transference. Don't think that God's going to stop prospering people in this time. Some are going to become more prosperous in this time than they ever were in all their life. Amen. But it's going to come through walking close to him. Hearing what he says. Following and obeying what he says to do. Loving him with all your heart. Your heart is not going to be in the treasures of this world. Lord, what you want me to do with this million? That just can't. What do you want me to do with that 10 million? Where do you want me to put that 25 million? Where will it be most valuable? How many wells do you want us to dig in Africa? How many orphanages do you want us to build? Ah, uh, y'all ain't hear me. God got a plan. And he got a people that will follow that plan. Amen. It's not about you anymore. It's about him. What would you have me to do? You know, something just flashed across my mind. I want you to, I'm going to challenge you to study this out in John. Where John, in John, the Lord had, had risen from the dead. He was on the shore. You know the story. I think it's John 20 or 21. They were fishing. And they hadn't caught anything all night again. And Jesus was on the shore. He said, children, have you caught any food? They said, no. 
He said, drop your nets on the right side of the boat. And when they did, they caught, I think it was 157 fish or something like that. And John said, it's the Lord. Peter dove in with just his little girdle on and swam to the Lord. And they came and he had already prepared fish for them. But I want you to see something here. This is the transition. This is going to be the new norm. If I can explain it this way. The Lord challenged Peter. He said, Simon, lovest thou me? And Peter said, Lord, yes, I love you. Now, I want you to catch something here because in the study of the Greek, Jesus used the word love and Peter used the word love, but there were two different words. Jesus said, lovest thou me? In other words, he said, lovest or agapeo, agape. Do you love me with a selfless love? A self-sacrificing love. And Peter, having had fallen already, he was kind of sheepish. He said, Lord, I love you. But he didn't use agape. Amen. Amen. He used the word filio. Amen. I-, I love you with an affection. Amen. But Lord, I already fell. I don't know. <laughs> you, know I- I can't, you know, I'm ashamed. I-, I can't say I love you with the self-sacrificing love. Then Jesus came to him the second time. He said, Simon, lovest thou me? Agapeo. Peter again, he's getting a little disturbed. He, Lord, I love you. But he used the word filio again. Third time Jesus came to him. He said, Simon, lovest thou me more than these? But the Lord used the word filio. He was saying, All you love me with is is affection. And Peter was shamed. He said, Lord, thou knowest I love you. He said, feed my sheep. But see, the Lord was after something. Because right after that, if you read, the Lord said, Simon, when you were young, you went about doing as you wanted. But he said, there's going to come a time where you're going to be led where you don't want to go. Talking about his his death. Crucifixion. But he was saying that I'm going to take you from the filio and I'm going to bring you into the agapeo to where you are willing to give your life for me. It won't just be an affection. It'll be a self-sacrificing. You know, Peter, history has it, was crucified upside down. He, He didn't find himself worthy to be crucified like his Lord. But you see, in this transition, the new normal is not just going to be filial. You know, the brotherly affection. No, God's going to raise up people. I'll call them crucified ones. Ones that have not only an affection for him, but are self-sacrificing. In other words, it's not just about them. It's about, Lord, what can I do for you? What do you demand of me? What do you want from me? Peter failed three times. He had boasted about how he would do this and die, but it was only filial. My question is, how many are just walking in that kind of love? A carnal, brotherly, which is, which is okay. Philadelphia is called the city of brotherly love. 
brotherly love. But God says, no, I'm calling you to a new norm. I'm calling you deeper. I'm calling you to love me to where you will give yourself up for me. That's a whole nother realm, a whole nother dimension of God where supernatural phenomena is a sent mention. It's where faith and God are there. Fear has no place there. Uncertainty has no place there. Insecurity has no place there. God said, I'm calling you to agapeo, to the agape love. Joshua chapter 5, verse 12. I'm going to wind this up in a moment. And the manna ceased on the morrow after they had eaten of the old corn of the land. Neither had the children of Israel manna anymore. But they did eat of the fruit of the land of Canaan that year. In Egypt, Israel, who is a type, and what is written about them is for our learning that we would not fall after the same examples that they fell after. In Egypt, they didn't have enough. Remember, Pharaoh began to oppress them. They had to build brick without straw. In other words, instead of them delivering the straw to them, they would have to go to the field, get the straw, and bring it back. There's no way that they could, they could, 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 could continue to produce what they were producing and do that. But that was the demand placed on them. They didn't have enough. In the, in the wilderness, and this is a sign of the wilderness, in the wilderness, they had just enough. In other words, they had manna. Manna appeared every day. But you read the account, they that gathered much, had none over. They that gathered little had no lack. In other words, it was just enough. Every day, they, 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 God was trying to teach them to trust him. To teach them every day that man does not live by bread alone. But by every word. In other words, every day they rose up, they had to trust God. On their part, they had to get up early. Amen. And get out and gather the manna. Because if they were lazy with their faith, they got up after the sun rose, they, there was no manna because the manna melted every day. So in order to, to, to go through that wilderness, day by day, they had to rise early enough to gather the manna for that day. There's a prayer that Jesus prayed, give us this day our daily bread. Amen. God through this time, God wants to teach you how to gather daily bread. Amen. How to walk with him daily. How to walk with him moment by moment. Not just call on him when you need something. Amen. Love on him when you don't need anything. Lord, I just want to talk to you. Just want to fellowship with you. Just want to love on you. Just want to sing your songs of praise. Just want to glorify your name. Hello, somebody. We're talking about going from filio to agapeo, to the love of God. We just want to be with him. We want to be where he's at. Amen. Manna, a sign of the wilderness. 
God said, I have led you these 40 years through the wilderness to humble you and to prove you and to teach you. Let me say it, paraphrase it. That man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Are you looking back trying to get what God did versus what God is doing now? The manna ceased. That was an indication the wilderness journey was over. The manna might be your comfort zone. But God is cutting it off. Shaking it up. Letting you know there's something else. See, they entered into Canaan. Now they would, they would experience the miracles of conquest. See, they were going into among seven other nations that were greater and mightier than they were. But they had learned, supposedly learned through the wilderness to trust God. That man doesn't live by bread alone. It doesn't matter the size of the dog in the fight. It, it, what matters is the size of his heart. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It don't matter how little it is. What kind of heart he got. That wilderness is to teach you something. You don't live by bread alone. You don't live by what man says. You trust God day by day. I dare you to trust him. I said, I dare you to trust God. And see, won't he come through? See, won't he teach you? He'll instruct you why he's preparing you for a land that has been prepared for you. I'm here to tell you the best for the church is coming fast. I said the best for the church. Your best days hadn't come yet. It ain't over till God says it's over. We stand at the cusp, at the cusp of a promised land. You better take heed what you hear. Take heed to who you're listening to. Some folk you need to stop listening to. Listen to the voice of the Lord. Let him that hath an ear hear what the Spirit is saying. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Not what the devil's saying. My sheep know my voice. A stranger they won't follow. So the manna's going to cease. Give me Isaiah chapter 22. Verse 20. The authority lies with the church. I'm not talking about traditional stuff and Christians by only profession. I'm talking about real born again, blood washed believers. Amen. Isaiah 22, 20 talks about a chamberlain. His name was Eliakim. If you read that chapter, you'll see where the chamberlain before him was being judged by God and God was going to raise up a new chamberlain. Now, a chamberlain, this particular chamberlain was a chamberlain to the house of David, to the castle, to the premises. In other words, he had all the keys to that castle. In other words, he could open any door 
I'm going to say in that kingdom. Because he had the keys. He was a chamberlain. Now, a chamberlain today would be defined as a steward. We are stewards of the household of faith. God said, behold, I give you keys. Eliakim had keys to the house of David. We have keys to the kingdom of God. Hello, somebody. Let's take a look. Verse 20. And it shall come to pass in that day that I will call my servant Eliakim, the son of Hilkiah. And I will clothe him with thy robe and strengthen him with thy girdle. And I will commit thy government into his hand. He shall be a father to the inhabitants of Jerusalem and to the house of Judah. And the key of the house of David will I lay upon his shoulder. Look at this. So he shall open and none shall shut. He shall shut and none shall open. Hear the authority, the government. The Bible says that God said to Peter, upon this rock I will build my church. The rock of what? The rock of the revelation. Not what men are saying. He asked him, what do, who do men say I am? They didn't know him. They just saw what he could do. They weren't believers. Some say thou art Jeremiah. Some say a prophet. Some say Isaiah. Some say Elijah. But he said, who do you say? Peter heard. Let him that hath an ear hear. What the Spirit is saying to the church. Peter heard the Father say, Thy, He is the Christ. Amen. Jesus rejoiced and said, Upon this revelation, those that know who I am by revelation, I will build a church. That word church is a political term. I will build my ecclesia. I will establish my called out ones upon this rock. And the gates of hell all that hell has, anything hell can throw at them will not prevail. Amen. They'll gather together against you. But the Lord said, not by me. And all they that gather together against you shall fall for your sake. That's what God said. Hell shall gather together against you. But no weapon formed. I said, not one weapon formed. You might see it form with your eyes. That's not a time to get afraid. That's a time to praise. That's a time to shout. When it looks like you ain't got no hope. You've been thrust into those seven nations greater than yourself. But you might not have the, amen, the natural weapons. But you got the promise of God. My word will not fail. My word has gone forth. And it shall accomplish that which I sent it to accomplish. But I need somebody to stand in the gap. I need somebody to declare the truth. I need somebody to believe what I said. Do you believe him today? Hallelujah. We are stewards of the manifold grace of God. You are anointed. You are appointed. You are qualified. You are justified. I'm talking to the church. Hallelujah. Yeah. 